1: And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right.
0: Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.
2: This is She's On Call, a weekly show hosted by ENT specialist Dr. Sajana Chandrasekhar and General Surgeon Dr. Marina Kurian. They'll be joined by guest experts to discuss an array of newsworthy medical and health issues. You're invited to ask the doctors anything. The physicians and their guests' views are their own and do not represent any institution. Please contact your doctor for any personal questions. Please hit share and join us live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at She's On Call. Hashtag She's On Call. Please welcome our hosts.
3: Hello, I'm Dr. Sujana Chandrasekhar. I'm an ear, nose, and throat surgeon with practices in Midtown Manhattan and Wayne, New Jersey.
2: I'm Marina Curry, I'm a general and minimally invasive surgeon. I do a fair amount of weight loss surgery in New York City. And welcome to our show. Yes. Great guest. So one of my favorite things to talk about is teeth. I don't know. I'm semi-obsessed. And so our show today is with two great experts in dentistry and endodontics. Dr. Maria Marenga is an endodontist in Riverhead, New York, and vice president at the American Dental Association. And Dr. Matthew Messina is a clinical director at OSU UA Dentistry and is also a spokesperson for the ADA. So we're really excited to have them come on and talk about all things teeth.
3: That's right. Between being a big consumer of orthodontia in myself and a couple of my kids and being an ENT who works around the teeth a lot, I'm very happy to have them aboard. But first, let's talk to the news of the week. And Marina, we have a one-year anniversary. You and I have been doing this show for a solid year. We started last June 14th, This is our 47th show. We've had 96 guests and over 111,000 views. We've covered, you know, we started this because we were a little bit appalled at some of the false news and fake stuff coming out about COVID. And we just wanted to share thoughtful, unbiased, scientifically rational medical information. And we've covered a gamut of. Uh, of medicine in this year,
2: we really have we've done uh dermatology psychiatry, um you know covered cardiovascular health diabetes we, uh, hepatology, you know all things g i as well i mean we've really had wonderful, wonderful guests, and we've also talked about covid uh and how that can affect each one of those areas so we we've um been very thoughtful and I think you know one of the other reasons we started this was because we were really, um, the two of us, at least in our own practices, are really good at talking to patients and getting people to understand even technical terms in a much easier way because that's what we do. So we've, we've been thrilled to do this for the, the whole year, and uh, we're still, we're still keep, going to keep going, but it's been super important. And as you guys know, we generally start off our show talking a little bit uh, about the news of the week. And other than our anniversary, which is awesome, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about how things are getting better in certain areas. And actually, I think overall, it is getting better all over the world. And um, part of the getting better is for New York State anyway. We are um, uh, almost at 70 percent vaccinated. I didn't check this morning, but like Friday, we were at 69.1 percent. And the governor has promised that, you know, all of the restrictions, or most of them are going to be lifted once we get to 70% vaccinated. And the things that's going to hold us back at this time is going to be um, where we uh, can't do stuff at mass venues, like so big concerts and stuff like that, or mass transit, any of those closed spaces, we will still have to wear some masks. But otherwise, uh, unrestricted restaurants open. And as you know, we're going to be excited to welcome back Broadway September 1st.
3: Yes, which is really exciting. I was uh, tooling around in Manhattan this past week, and oh man, uh, people are just coming back to life. You know, um, the uh, the performer for uh, Stephen Colbert's Late Show, uh, Jean Baptiste, has a new song called Freedom, and it's free. It's really being called Freedom Day or Freedom Time when we're able to see each other again. Uh, You know, the U.S., um, many parts of the U.S. are doing really well. About 12 or 13 states are at or or near the 70 percent mark. Unfortunately, in the South and the Southeast, um, the level of vaccination is not that high. And we really need it to be that high, not just in the United States, but around the world. In the world, only 6.2 percent are still fully vaccinated. And with the G7, you know, there's all, you know, politics should not interfere in medicine, but good politics can help good medicine. And so the G7 leaders met this week, and um, the United States is pledging 500 million vaccine doses to the countries in need. And the G7 pledges a total of 1 billion doses. And this will really help because, you know, as we said last week, Sub-Saharan Africa: Less than one percent of the people have even received their first dose of vaccine. So this is really all that we can do to vaccinate the entire world. uh, Is really going to help us experience that freedom that we so desperately want.
2: Right. And and the other thing about these doses is, while you know, with with they're being pledged, they still have to be made. So there is going to be a little bit of a time lag, and they hope to get all of the doses in by the first half of next year. But so there's some doses that have to go out now uh, to try and get people to take the vaccine. So, and this is all being done through COVAX, which is a global alliance with Gavi and the world health organization. So this is, it's good. Um, COVID this year has already taken more lives in 2021 than all of 2020. So this is a real, cause for concern but i think it is going to be getting better we have some other news that in brazil and in india it seems to be that the peak has slowed down which is
1: at t-mobile we believe in putting people first by treating them right so we've upped the benefits without upping the price with Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch. and bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to $800 bucks, only at T Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at tmobile.com.
2: So much good news, right? Like, because, the, you know, especially in India, They've run out of oxygen, and it's been really overwhelming, mainly because of how how big the population is.
1: At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch and bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at TMobile.com.
0: We did it again.
3: You know, we reported, you remember when the New York Times had, unfortunately, the first 100,000 deaths from COVID in the United States, and they had a represented thousand uh, people's names and a little bit of a bio on the front cover. It was a very powerful cover. Um, You know, India has 1.3 billion people or so, and it seems to me that um, everyone in India, and many of us expats, know someone personally who has either suffered from COVID or in fact, perished from COVID. So this is affecting every single person uh, everywhere. So please get vaccinated. Please wear a mask if you're not vaccinated. Please continue to be careful in in groups of people because there are these variants. And although the vaccines are effective, you don't want to be putting yourself at undue risk. Um, before we get to our guests- No, I have-
2: we have a sponsor for this show. Yes. Yes. yes, we do. I, I, I will not rest until every single one in my family has gone to ENT and Allergy Associates. Okay. So ENT and Allergy Associates are uh, sponsoring our show. They have over 40 offices in New York City, Long Island, Westchester, and New Jersey. And they offer same-day access. And it's safe. It's high-quality ENT and allergy care. So you can go on their website to schedule an appointment. And often, you can even get a same-day appointment. So I want to thank them. Uh, ENT and Allergy Associates for their sponsorship of our programming, which is Yes, thank
3: you so much. Thank you for believing us to our viewers, to our guests, and to our sponsors. Uh, we have we are live on many social media platforms, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Sri Srinivasan's um, LinkedIn, and on scroll.in. Um, Miriam Berkeley says everyone should be interested in today's show because we all have teeth or we all had teeth right so we should be quite interested in this show Ellen Austin says hello from New York City and congratulations and happy anniversary you know still going strong we don't have champagne today but we have wonderful guests and uh and always a wonderful dialogue with Marina um, so let's welcome our guests. Uh, Dr. Maria Moranga is an endodontist in Riverhead, New York. Uh, she's vice president of the American Dental Association. She's an alumni of uh, uh, NYU Dental School and therefore wearing a lovely lavender uh, blouse. And Dr. Matthew Messina is clinic director at OSU UA Dentistry the Ohio State, Who is also
4: a spokesperson for the American Dental Association? Welcome to both of you. Thank you, boy. It's it's an honor to be here on your anniversary. Congratulations.
2: That's wonderful. We figured we'd be all smiles, so we should.
4: (laughs) We're smiling already, so this is a good place to be. Thank you.
2: So you know, Sujan and I. Oh yeah, thank you. So Sujan and I um, do talk about what's happened, as I said earlier uh, in our chit chat that. Um, we've looked at how COVID has affected medicine and every Mm -hmm. aspect of medicine, but we haven't really talked about how COVID-19 has affected, you know, the dentistry. So just a little bit, you know, Maria, how has, had it been through the pandemic and what changes had you seen? Because we we do have some graphics for a lot of different things, but just in general.
5: Well, what was once known now became unknown of what we needed to do. What was once certain became an uncertainty, and all of us were in this together. And our goal was several. Our first goal was to keep patients out of the ER once we were told that we were going to be closed down for some significant amounts of time. Um, Dentists pulled together and we had many uh, PPE drives across the state and then across the country to donate our personal PPE from our offices, boxes of gloves. Um, isolation gowns, whatever we could give, additional masks. And we brought them to either local hospitals or different sites in, in Manhattan uh, to be distributed at the hardest hits area in New York City.
3: You know, I think uh, people had a lot of fear about going to the dentist because like dentists ENTs were inside people's mouths, right? Mm-hmm. And when when you guys are taking care of people, there's, you know, suctioning, there's drilling, there's uh, all sorts of stuff happening in there. Um, uh, one of our viewers and uh, really a nice supporter of She's On Call, Dr. Ruby Gelman, sent us in a picture a couple of months ago of her in this, like, completely space-age outfit to say hello to her pediatric dentistry patients. What happened in offices Um Matt, that, uh, that were, how do people retrofit their offices to make them as safe as possible so they could continue to offer high level dental care?
4: Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that was really nice, if, if we look at positives with de- the dental profession, moving through the pandemic was that dentists have been well, um, set up to manage, uh, aerosols and, and infectious diseases. You know, as you mentioned, dentistry is a very close, uh, it's a close space uh, process here. And in order for me to take care of you, I really have to get into your personal space more than a lot of other places. And so dentists have uh, always been uh, prepared for uh, universal precautions and high level disinfection and our comfort with PPE, you know, really long before it was cool. uh, And now everybody sort of started to take notice of that. And so instead of completely having to scrap protocols and start from scratch, we simply were enhancing existing protocols and adding things like the external suction devices and face shields. Uh, and, and so with that in, in place, we were able to return to providing comprehensive dental care a lot faster than some other areas were. And in fact, uh, a lot of the uh, restriction of dental um, uh, procedures to emergency care only at the very beginning of the pandemic was was not a safety concern as much as we were conserving ppe uh for our um medical colleagues and and all the the first line responders
2: you know um you guys have done have been great allies right i mean there's so many Mm -hmm. aspects of dentistry that are important for cardiovascular health in terms of gum disease and And, uh, you know, that whole thing about flossing and making sure that you don't have caries because they can actually cause bloodborne infections if you have that. So it, it's been very, um, wonderful to see. Like I went on the website for the ADA, uh, just because I wanted to grab some graphics and things like that. And one of the things that I noticed was you guys have this great PSA on there. Um, the eight things your desk, dentist wants you to know about COVID vaccine. And I was like, there's something to do with the teeth and this. So I looked through and I read each one and I realized it was just an amazing PSA that you guys have a platform to reach so many people. Right. Because of, you know, four, four, four out of five dentists recommend. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. That <laughs> you watch She's videos? On Call. Well, we,
4: we spend, we spend a lot of time talking to patients. Um, you know, if I have my hands in their mouth, I have a, a, and I have a captive audience for a little while. So, you know, we'll let, let's not just talk about sports and the weather, you know, let's talk about vaccinations and, and other health issues. And, and really, um, you know, with my looking at my credentials and everything else, you know, I, I spent 30 years in private practice and then four years ago, um, left private practice to join the faculty at Ohio State and I launched one of their outpatient clinics uh, in a medical center complex. I've also spent three years as their uh, interim director of dental oncology and, and really, I've, I've got an almost 35 year career now trying to put the mouth back in the rest of the body. Uh, you know, physicians go to medical school, dentists go to dental school, and so somehow patients have gotten the idea that the mouth is disconnected from the rest of the body. But, you know, you remember the old ad about what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Well, we know that isn't true, and what happens in the mouth doesn't just stay in the mouth. You know, oral systemic connections and the interrelations between medicine and dentistry Uh, are something that's very important. And we try to carry that message to patients every day.
3: You know, I think we saw, just as we saw with everything except actually orthopedics, um, the number of patients presenting for care went down dramatically during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and then came back up as people um, needed care and as they felt like that it was safe to come in for care. And certainly vaccinations have uh, really springboarded mm-hmm. that recovery. Um, we had some data about um, when people present to the emergency room for dental care. Mm-hmm. And um, we'd like to sort of talk to you, maybe Maria, Maria, you can start us off. What do people come in for, for care in the emergency room and, and um, how should they be evaluated uh, the most expeditiously, the most effectively and logically?
5: You mean now or during you know in the beginning of COVID? It was a. It's a little I, I bit would different. say them
3: all. Yeah.
5: yeah. So um, in the in the first couple of months of COVID, um, all the clinics I teach at a couple of inner city hospitals and um, faculty and attendings were actually seeing patients along with alongside residents. Our dental residents were actually mobilized to go into other areas of the hospital. Uh, some help drawing blood. Some help were on COVID floors. Um, so we were trying to use as many, much of the manpower that we had in our hospitals to actually uh, screen patients and to make sure that it was safe for them to enter our facility. And then once they were there, you know, we went through a series of uh, questions, um, had x-rays taken and saw that if this was something very urgent that, that was going to lead to swelling or the patient already came in with swelling, then we would, you know, provide uh, the care necessary as an emergency basis. So in the beginning it was scary because there was so much unknown about how the transmission was going to be, and patients waited like the very last second. They would take uh, other family members old antibiotics that were expired. They would call and go, "Is it okay if I take this from five years ago, or is this a good painkiller from from my husband's, uh, you know, uh, medicine chest?" So they would they were really um, in tune to that. They didn't want to come, but at some point they really had to. Um, so now we're still doing you know temperature checks at the entrance of all the major hospitals. Um, the waiting rooms are still set up where there's you know, lots of you know spreading out so that no patient is in there at the same time. There's drapes, there's negative pressure rooms, all of that to make patients feel comfortable while they're getting some type of procedure. And as Dr. Messina just said, the the elimination of almost all of the aerosols with different types of, of suctioning that were uh, geared for this. Even our microscopes are retrofitted in endodontic care, um, with different shields, so that no of the, none of the spray was actually in any anyone's face, even though the operators also had, um, you know, face shields on. So Matt,
2: it was a lot yeah. at that point. Yeah, Matt, I want to just uh, talk a little bit about that slide that we just had up Ooh. on every 15 seconds that someone is in a hospital ER, All right? right? And for that's, conditions, and that's very interesting because the ER you think of not it's include a, dental care.
4: It's a highly inefficient place to receive dental care because patients, generally speaking, very few hospital emergency rooms have a dentist on staff or, or certainly in the emergency room at the time, unless they have a residency program. And so it's almost impossible for a patient to receive definitive dental care in an emergency room setting, which is why we're trying very hard to divert patients outside of the emergency room and to get them care in dental offices um simply because uh you know the, the important thing is to get the patient into definitive care to resolve their problem once and for all rather than simply palliatively manage any pain swelling discomfort. I mean that's important and it needs to be done but the we need to progress from that to more definitive care. And one of the things that I'd stress to your audience certainly is that um Somewhat uniquely to the mouth, I mean, it, it, teeth don't heal themselves, so things are not going to get any better. Uh, so, if we think that that we're having a problem, please reach out to your dentist and have it looked at, um, because uh, it, it, waiting for for some good things to happen, uh, you know, the tooth mer- tooth fairy is not a miracle worker. Um, so, you know, she's not going to come in and solve things for you. You know, the sooner we re- we receive definitive care. The, the less it is, the less as, as a problem, um, you know, certainly when we deal with things early on, when uh, teeth are either slightly sensitive or you notice something that looks different. And usually I, I stress to my patients, you know, kind of the two week rule. Uh, you know, if it's been in the mouth longer than two weeks, you definitely need to have it looked at um, because uh, it's, you know, things that if you just bit your cheek, it's going to heal within two weeks. Uh, if something's been around longer than that, um, we need to have it looked at and and not saying that it's going to be like oral cancer or anything like that. But definitely, if you have a question, reach out to your dentist, find a dentist, have it looked at so we can have it definitively treated.
3: Uh, I think that's really excellent advice. I just want to remind our viewers we're live on Facebook, YouTube uh, Twitter on Shri's LinkedIn and on Scroll.IN we have Margaret Ambrosino checking in from Brooklyn, Yashwant Yash checking in, Nalini Kuke saying good morning, Sumana Rangachar says happy anniversary, and I will say to her happy birthday. Um, and we have um, someone who just put a fire emoji, and so hopefully he thinks the show is on fire and not his mouth. Um, but thank you so much for watching. True, sure. you know I think. Um, Early care, proactive care uh, is certainly indicated. We have a, a payment crisis in the United States, so um, there is a push by the current administration to expand access for patients to vision, hearing, and dental care. Um, and as you said, Matt, you know many of us in ENT owe oh, so many debts of gratitude to our dental surger- dental uh, colleagues because you guys identify the early uh, squamous cell carcinomas in the mouth. Like right. you, you really, you know, you, you guys. Uh, I don't know if people are aware. If you chew tobacco, if you pinch snuff, if you smoke cigars and cigarettes, you're actually putting yourself at risk. For oral cavity cancer. If you don't have an HPV vaccine, a human yes. papillomavirus vaccine, yes. uh, please, please, parents, get them for your children, boys and girls. Yeah. Um, HPV caused oral cavity and oropharynx cancer is a real problem, and it's something that we can actually prevent our children mm-hmm. from getting. So please get them vaccinated. But a lot of these are identified by the dentist. Mm-hmm. So can you talk to us about um, this possibility of Medicare expansion or how people can afford the routine? The word routine sounds like you don't really need it, but routine care is what you need to prevent further problem. So Maria, that was a really long preamble, but can you talk to us about how people afford dental care?
5: You know, a lot of areas, there are discount plans you can buy online now, um, half discount cards that you can go on to see, and there's a list of providers all over to see if what your specific need is. But first you should start with the screening so that you can actually, you know, get get a handle of what, of what that might look like. Many of the universities and and all the hospitals, you know, around where I am, you know, have a dental department and people can receive quality care uh, with an attending looking over, you know, a student and or a resident at at all the times. Um, Aside from what I know from that academic, you know, section, I'm sure Matt has a lot of details from the ADA's perspective on uh, that type of uh, trying to go forward with care for all.
4: You know, I I think that one of the parts with all this, this is such a multifactorial problem, and we're going to end up with multifactorial solutions. And it's going to balance um, calling together public, private, uh, the professions, medicine, dentistry, all working together uh, to make sure that patients have access to care. Uh, And because dentistry and and dental care has has a tremendous medical necessity, and one of the things with treating the cancer patients that I have been lately. Um, you know, I'm not directly treating oral cancer uh, at Ohio State right now, but I'm treating all the uh, the side effects of radiation therapy, chemotherapy, um, anti-resorptive or bisphosphonate drugs, bone marrow transplants, and so the immunocompromised with that. And you really come to grips with the interrelation between medicine and dentistry. Uh, Good oral health is a pillar of overall health. Uh, And so if I can help patients uh, achieve good oral health, then their medical outcomes are better. Uh, I had a patient the other week um, who was undergoing treatment for multiple myeloma. uh, And uh, when I first saw him a couple of months ago, um, he had, uh, his broke, his teeth had broken down to the point that when he closed together, he only had two teeth that touched in his entire mouth and really couldn't eat. And so fairly quickly, we were able to get him to the point that, that, uh, he has a, a denture in place now around what's left of the teeth there. And he's able to chew and smile. And, uh, we've really improved his quality of life. But the fun part for me is in the first two weeks that he had the denture in place, he gained 11 pounds. Um, so that's probably the best, uh, quickest oral systemic connection tale that I can tell. Um, because now all, all he wanted when, he, when I first saw him was, uh, his daughter was getting married two weeks ago and he wanted to be able to walk her down the aisle and uh, be, do the father of the bride toast and, and have pictures taken. And so he owes me pictures, uh, but um, as part of, of all of that, you know, he's gained almost 30 pounds uh, prior to the wedding, and he's growing hair now. Uh, his wife and I joke that he's our chia pet. Uh, so, uh, but it, it, you know, you take care of people's oral health, and that it bears benefits on the on the medical side. And vice versa is true. Systemic conditions show themselves in the mouth. Uh, you know, diabetes and periodontal disease are heavily linked. We, so we
2: um, want to get into a little bit of that. Let's just talk about some basic dentistry. I unfortunately had a lot of cavities as a kid. And um, what's funny well, is that- I
4: doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, know,
2: but it, it was yeah, terrible. I it was at like the dentist <laughs> all the time. And even now, certain drill noises make me feel like, sure. you know, it's like, But, um, but let's talk a little bit about what is a cavity. Maria, if you want to start us off, and we have a graphic too, just to kind of okay, talk great. a little bit about what happens and how it can progress, when to catch it, all that stuff.
5: So, we start off, this is an, an illustration of, of the tooth, and then the top area is the anomalia, which covers all the sensitive areas deep in. And when there was leftover food particles, bacteria starts to get in and invades the area, which we call the pulp space. Now, the pulp space is in the middle of the of the whole tooth, and it's composed, comprised of nerves and blood vessels and connective tissue. And what it does, it trends information you know to the body so if you have a um, a scoop of ice cream ooh, it's cold if you have some hot oatmeal oh that feels hot so we want this there to be some sensation that a tooth feels but any of the extremes meaning no pain at all or a heightened sensitivity to any of the thermal sensitivities of hot and cold is really not a good thing so as the disease process starts with uh that area that starts out as a small cavity if it's neglected or if it's not cleaned out effectively either by the patient it starts to grow and starts to eat away some of the remaining layers until it gets to that really intricate area where the nerve area is and that's where you get the "Uh aha i have a a tooth problem and like matthew said earlier if it's more than a a, you know a couple of days with that "Uh aha it can actually get you know a little bit worse so you know that's actually only like one you know reason why a patient would end up you know uh, seeking you know care Um, You know, but we try to focus on a lot for prevention. Um, You know, a lot of our access to care initiatives are in prevention. We have dental hygienists going over with children and in veterans homes trying to show the proper way of brushing and flossing. When I grew up, there wasn't any floss. I'm sure all of you feel the same way. So flossing later on in life, you know, now young people, you know, they have it, you know, in their back pocket if they went out to eat or something. But that wasn't something that we really grew. So as we as some of the um, information, you know, comes out from, you know, periodontal literature and, and other literature, we see the progression of the information that we want to present to patients. And that in a good way will end up helping us to keep, you know, to keep our patients healthy. So from that small owl, it could, you know, accelerate into something larger. And, you know, that's where my per, uh, professional of the specialty of endodontics
2: would come in at that point. Now, tell us a little bit about what is endodontics. You know, it's uh, I sadly have had root canals, too. So I have a lot of dental experience here. But tell our listeners what is it. But,
4: but, you, but you have your teeth. Yeah. that's and, and beautiful ones they are. So this is good. <laughs>
2: Thank
5: you. So there are a lot of causes, um, you know, why a patient needs to have a root canal. So we just went over the one about a deep cavity, you know, causing dental pain, trauma to the face, like a child falls off a bicycle or a blow to the face or a car accident. Anything that's going to change the biology of where the teeth are connected to, meaning the sensation area of the nerves, Uh, teeth are all living, little living, you know, entities and they get their oxygen and their, and their nutrition from the blood supply so root canal is not a painful procedure and it doesn't cause illness as some kind of uh, sometimes you know uh, media has but would, would like us to believe and it's always better to keep a tooth than to try to pull it there's nothing like your real tooth in your mouth uh, other causes of, of so we discussed trauma the deep decay cracked tooth sometimes as well too many old fillings that are going on palm of each other, and that kind of like stringles out the nerve tissue that we spoke about earlier. And then also on a patient will have some kind of intermittent pain and all then a prolonged sensation to any of the thermal responses. The teeth may be sensitive to tapping or to biting down. And if you have two or three of those type of sensations, you really need to see the dentist, you know, right away, because it most probably at that point will be nerve connected and will be an irreversible procedure. So we try to, um, you know, have, you know, when we, when we teach students and how to present this, we really have to have the patients, patients telling us the story because their story is actually what's going to make us do the next step. And we ask all the questions, and then we, we formulate, a, you, know, you know, what we're going to do for the patient. If it looks like that only a certain part of uh, the tooth has, you know, fractured off, we can, you know, bond it in that area and see if that helps. And then, if in ten days or so it's still sensitive to some of the other stimuluses, then we, you know, go forward with some other types of treatment.
2: So, so here, Maria, are some some tips for saving your teeth, right? Like, when when is it, um, if you can address some of these these tips here, and then also when is it important to when when do you come to the point where, like, okay, we cannot salvage this tooth, but let's stop with start with these tips okay so
5: when given a choice tooth extraction and root canal you know we would always want to have a patient save the natural tooth anyone who has ever had a hip or knee replacement knows there's nothing like your real limb to your body and that's what your tooth is as well the fit and the function of a natural tooth is is really like nothing else and we want to try to conserve that Obviously, there's many times during the week that, you know, either the decay or the disease entity has infected the bone or caused really uh, bad inflammation of that area. And I have to say, you know, you would, you would be better served by taking out this tooth and either having a bridge made or put an implant in to, to restore function. So a lot of times, you know, we, we, you know we, we try to do some of the, you know, other steps to see if we can save. And then if there's too many things involved, and then sometimes, you know, if a patient also has periodontal disease on top of needing an endodontic procedure, you know, you start to add up all those figures and it's like, you know, this is really way too much for, you know, for someone to handle. And that's when we decide to maybe take out the tooth and look for so, a You know, treatments. we have uh,
3: people. Commenting in from everywhere. Um, Ishwar Hatti says, most useful and informative discussion. Thank you very much and congratulations. Shreyas Chandra Watkar says, hello. My parents, my mother, Dr. Sridevi Chandrasekhar, wishes okay. us the first of many anniversaries, uh, <laughs> Marina, and Kavel, who actually, my son, who um, prepares our video clips for social media, uh, wishes us congratulations. Um, Matt, you know, everybody was stressed out during COVID, right? Yeah. I mean, all we had was stress. We had eating stress. We had not exercising stress. We had more heart disease. We had more yeah. of everything. In um, dentistry, we saw some really clear signs of stress. And can yeah. you talk to us about what, how people responded that affected their mouth and teeth during
4: COVID? Sure. You know, one of the things that the body's hardwired in how we respond to stress. Um, so, such that with the fight or flight response, uh, you know, if, if we, if you're in your house and and you hear a noise and you think there's a burglar in your house, um, the body releases hormones that causes a release of energy so you can either fight the burglar or run out the back door. Well, the body's response to perceived stress it, it functions exactly the same way. So, whether there's a burglar in your house or you're worried you're not going to make your rent payment, um, the the natural body response is about the same. But uh, if you're not going to run, uh, you know, run down to the bank or something like that, um, you have to use up that excess energy somehow. And one of the ways the body gets rid of some of that is isometric contractions in the jaw muscles or clenching and grinding in the middle of the night as we're trying to work out life's problems here. And so what we started to see, uh, dentists across the country, a tremendous increase in chipped teeth, patients talking about clenching, and grinding the teeth. They wake up in the morning, their jaw muscles are sore and tired, uh, because if you're clenching and grinding your teeth at night, all night, it's, it's like you're running a marathon all night with your jaw muscles. Uh, and so they're, they're very tired. The joints are tight. They may have a difficulty opening or closing. You get headaches, um, neck shoulder, it's all interconnected. So this is where we've been talking to a lot of our patients, you know, not all of this requires dental um, intervention. You know, In other words, taking a walk, um, yoga, any kind of stress releasing, um, deep breathing, meditation, all of these things are very valuable for us. Um, I'm, I push people to drink a lot more water. You know, Americans in general, are, as a, as a group, are chronically dehydrated. Um, But anything we can do to reduce the stresses, reduce the clenching and grinding, if we've developed an ongoing habit with that, or we're starting to chip teeth, we may need to look at using an appliance that somebody wears at night to protect their teeth, to reduce the stresses and redirect the forces in in the right way, Um, because uh, chipping of teeth, breaking of fillings, um, uh, tooth enamel is a crystal, Uh, So it's kind of like if you push two crystals together, like if you push chewing on ice or something like that, most of the time the ice breaks. Occasionally it's the tooth. Uh, In this case, if you're pushing two teeth against each other, the tooth will find the weak point and then may chip or break. And then we have to fix it.
3: You know, I see a lot of these patients because they come in because their ear hurts and they're convinced that they have an ear infection. So the Temporomandibular joint, the mm-hmm. joint between the jaw and your skull is right. right in front of the ear. And you can feel it if you open and close your jaw. Right. So. Um, they come in, they want antibiotics and drops, and they have right. often, unfortunately, been given them somewhere else. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's your TMJ. Right. So talk to them about, so talk to us about first and second lines. And you did mention mm-hmm. the BIPOC for bruxism. What is bruxism? What Brilliant. is TMJ?
4: Sure. Um, and, and actually, this is another one of those places where dentistry and medicine come together because you send patients to me if they don't really have an ear problem, I send patients to you if they do really have an ear problem. And and because a lot of times pe- things that people um, feel are migraines um, are really aren't a true vascular migraine, it's some combination of muscle spasm, um, because what we have are muscles in the jaw that we power close with, those are very large muscles on the side of the face and around the top of the head. The muscles that open the jaw are very small, narrow muscles connecting to the joint and down underneath in the chin. If we clench against each other and use those isometric contractions, the smaller muscles will fatigue and become painful like a cramp. And that pain is deep under the eyes very often in front of the ear. And so it, it becomes easily mistaken for ear pain or a headache or a migraine, because you get the pain behind the eyes. Um, So what we're gonna look at as a dentist is a very thorough examination of your jaws, your teeth, your muscles, how they move around, what your history of symptoms are, and see if we can identify to get you to, one, to the right professional to treat it. And then the second thing is to look at the appropriate response to that. Uh, Clenching is the squeezing together of teeth in a fixed position. Bruxism is the sliding or grinding around of the teeth against each other. Technically, most people are kind of a combination of both. Uh, and so sometimes in severe cases, we get the clenching, grinding, cracking kind of noises, and it, it wakes up the person sitting next to you. Um, and you, you'll notice over long-term wear, the teeth are flattened or worn out. Um, the teeth become painful and sensitive. And this is one of those things where if we've got a tooth, a single tooth somewhere that's sensitive or painful, then we start to think about cavities or something uh, about fracturing, filling in a tooth. When I hear a patient coming in and I say, boy, all of my teeth hurt, or all the teeth on on my right side hurt, or I have sensitive teeth, then I start to think about bite related issues. And we wanna start looking at TMJ or bruxism as a cause.
2: You know, you, yeah. you're talking about a uh, pain there, and quite honestly, thank God I wasn't on the screen because I was like, oh, so <laughs> so I was like, oh, God, really kind of. And she said, ear pain," and I was like, "This is pain." Mm-hmm. So I, I noticed that during the pandemic, and even right. before, like when stress-related, I really do tend to. I'm not a grinder, but I I clench, so I'd wake up like tired. I'm like, what? And then then you then I knew that's what it right. was. There was
4: so much yeah. unknown during the pandemic that it took all of these things that have been floating underneath the surface and it just all bubbled over. It was the, the extra, you know, straw that broke the camel's back that really pushed a lot of people into a dark place. The good news is we can fix it and bring them back out.
5: And a lot of times uh, I saw a lot of patients that thought they needed, you know, one of the other, they needed root canal because they had pain, but really the pain was being referred from, you know, um, from the, the bruxing or the, the temporal mandibular joint area because of, you know, stress on on the teeth. And they were like, this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. I mean, it would be so unusual to have to do three or four root canals in a row. So we stepped back a little bit and, you know, did some other care first to see if they would, you know, respond.
2: And some of our other care, Maria, is what? Like you can get, like I did go, and I figured this out, I went and got like a little mouth guard yeah. that they, yeah, they sell at the pharmacy. Yeah, well, and sometimes the guard you, have you have
5: to go through a hard and the surf. Matthew, you have to go through a hard version first.
4: Well, this is probably more in my area, I guess, when we, we talk about appliances. But um, the this the appliances. One of the things that we gain out of this isometric contraction is is that our teeth fit together tightly, and so we can push one against the other. The splint appliance, if we do that, has a flat surface that allows you to skate freely against it. So the muscles go to their most relaxed position, uh, and that allows us to then look at what may be necessary to remove those interferences. But, you know, we begin with relaxation techniques, simple things like taking a warm washcloth and running it under warm water or hot water, and and applying warm compresses to the side of the face sometimes can be very effective. Um, Physical therapy, for some cases, is, is beneficial. So it really is a multidisciplinary approach. Um, Some patients end up um, needing, uh, looking at orthodontics, uh, you know, if some of their fit issues of the teeth, how the teeth and the jaws fit together one against the other are part of the problem. Uh, So we may need to look at adjusting the teeth or even physically moving the teeth to get them into a better position.
3: You know, um, when they come to me with ear pain and I say, you know, I really think it's TMJ, Mm -hmm. I'll say the warm compresses, the um, uh, anti-inflammatory analgesics like ibuprofen, I'll ask them to use a soft diet. So I say it's kind of like a tennis elbow where you just don't play tennis for a while. So don't be, you know, chewing nuts for a while. Don't over chew like a big chewy bagel or Big Mac kind of thing. Just kind of let your jaw rest for a bit. But again, I think the two week rule that that you said previously kind of makes sense. If you're really not better within a week or two, see somebody who can really identify it uh, more. We have uh, people writing in from all over the world. Uh, Janice Broadbent Moriarty is an ADA dentist and she says fantastic representation. And I have to tell our viewers, Not only do we have terrific dentists, endodontists on today, but in fact, they are leadership at the American Dental Association. Marina and I have been very fortunate to meet uh, such extraordinary leaders and become their friends over the course of this year. Um, uh, Pushpa uh, wrote, um, uh, she's been given silicon teeth caps to prevent grinding at night. Um, And um, Joshua Matthew asks, um, are there any gum recession remedies? So yeah. when you're long in the tooth, tube-
2: exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say that because that's yeah. happening here, and I was like, no, I, I want my gums to come back down a little bit, right, Maria? How do we fix that? Why can't we put like a little cream on it and I'll be like, go back. <laughs> nah, got, gum re- grow. Deal, yeah, yeah
5: you, you can't regrow that. You know that tissue. Um, improper brushing, you know, at, at the wrong angle will start the, you know, start the recession of, of the gum tissue there. So you should check and actually uh, ask the hygienist for a different brush or an angle brush to try to see if that's what the, you know, ideology of the gum recession is. Once it's in place, it's not going to be a reversible process if it's been there for so long. And periodontist, which is a specialist who deals with, you know, gum and bone disease of, of that area, could actually do a, uh, a transplantation of gum from a different uh, gum tissue from a different area and transplanted across that area, uh, it looks natural. You know, they normally have to put about thirty percent more of the tissue because there's shrinkage later on. But the color and the texture, you know, melts in, you know, really well. And um, it's a it's a good alternative to having that sensitivity of owl oh, when you're having the gum recession problem. Not everybody needs to have a root canal just because they have a cold sensi- sensitivity from gum recession.
4: I I think the important thing to note here is that there are a lot of different reasons that cause gum recession. So it's important to have a, you know, have it looked at, get a thorough diagnosis, and then get a specific treatment for you. You know, there are different things that we can do depending on what the cause of the recession is or really any problem. So this is where seeing your dentist is certainly beneficial. You know, another thing, too, is the American Dental Association, the consumer side of their website, mouthhealthy.org, has a tremendous amount of consumer question based information you can search and look for questions, answers to questions like this that can be helpful too.
2: That's great. You, you know, the, I encourage everybody to go to the ADA uh, website because it's mm-hmm. actually got a lot of great information. Right. Um, we, you know, one of the things that certainly in the U.S. And, and may be why we have so much better teeth than some of our other colleagues across the pond or whatever, or, you know, our, but is because there's been such a push to have uh, fluoride in the water, et cetera. And there are certain parts of even Long Island, right, Maria, that that don't. Correct. Yeah, yeah, if you can kind of talk about fluoride. And then we had a, yeah, we had this comment from Karen Singh about living with fluorosis is the biggest Mm -hmm. curse. So we have, uh, we'll first put up our fluoride uh, slide, right? And this is obviously also a PSA from the ADA, but, Um, Can you guys comment on this and then tell us what is fluorosis and what can be done?
4: Fluoride is, you know, the the fluoridation of public water has been one of the most successful public health measures uh, really in the history of man. It's an addition of fluoride or the adjustment, actually, is probably better, of fluoride in the water because it's naturally occurring to reach the level that produces the greatest therapeutic effect. Now, it's interesting, and I'll blend this together with the fluorosis comment, because fluoride, the effectiveness of fluoride in preventing cavities is an outgrowth of fluorosis. Um, In Colorado in the 1800s, uh, dentists were noticing that miners that were drinking stream water from up in the mountains of Colorado, their teeth had this kind of a yellow-white mottled color to it, but they never got cavities, And so what was happening is the the actual fluoride content in um, water out in the West, in the Mountain West, is higher than would be considered ideal, um, so, or ideal for therapeutic purposes. So it was because of the fluorosis, the modeling of the teeth, that dentists noticed the cavity preventing effects. Um, And so uh, when we look at, you know, what causes, in a simple form, we talked a little bit earlier about what causes cavities, You know, bacteria in the mouth burn sugars in food, and the byproduct of that is acid. The acid dissolves the tooth enamel, the hard outer layer of the teeth, which causes a cavity. Um, We can prevent cavities by reducing the amount of sugar in the diet, by reducing the bacteria present in the mouth by brushing and flossing. We can also reduce cavities by using fluoride to strengthen the tooth enamel and make it more resistant to the acid. Uh, and so that's where fluoride being provided in the water at an optimum level that reduces cavities but doesn't cause fluorosis. And, and that's different every, everywhere in the country. Once fluorosis happens, it's, the, the concern with fluorosis is that it's aesthetic. Excess, excessive fluoride will cause yellow-white spotting uh, on the teeth, yeah. and that's something that doesn't go away. The teeth are super hard. Um, but we may need to do something, whether it's bonding or veneers or something to cover over that for aesthetic purposes.
3: So we have a slide uh, called ways to improve your smile. And I think this is really very important. You've touched on quite a bit of this. I think regular dentist visits, and if I'm not wrong, twice a year is recommended. Brushing and flossing and Julia Weeks Wrote in and said, "Which is the best toothbrush? Soft, medium, firm? Are there advantages to each?" Uh, maybe Maria, I'm gonna we're gonna do a rapid fire as we approach the end of the hour.
5: Yeah, we always tell patients to use a soft to medium, never a firm. A firm just abrades the, the gum tissue and then causes its own you know, inflammation process. So a soft to medium is what we normally would like to see you know, patients purchase at a store or then you know, get at the dental office on the way out from a hygiene
2: check. And, and Matt, I want to ask you, yeah. um, all teeth are not white. Like, you know, in the movies, like I remember that yeah. one with George Clooney, the opening scene was he was getting that, like, you know mm-hmm. laser whatever and his right. teeth were like yeah. so white i've done some whitening with my dentist and my teeth are more ivory you know and uh, it's part of my ivory tower approach and i'm just kidding. very good mm-hmm. but uh, so the teeth is the whiteness is um is relative is that-
4: right well I'm, and the smile is an accent to the, the aesthetics of your face, your smile really shouldn't be as focused as I am on teeth. The smile shouldn't be the first thing that people notice. So I usually recommend that balancing somebody's smile, the whiteness of their teeth to the whiteness of their eyes is appropriate. Um, and finding a, a level that's, that's comfortable for them. Something that somebody wants, you know, in, in connection with their smile. There's a lots of, a lot of different things we can do to whiten teeth these days from simple to more involved and, uh, It's also something that's done in a healthy mouth situation. We want to make sure that you don't, um, if you are worried that your smile isn't white, um, you know, if we have decay, if we have periodontal disease, those are all things that can cause the teeth not to be white that whitening will fix. Uh, But certainly talking to your dentist about it, looking for toothbrushes and toothpaste that have the ADA seal of acceptance on them. Uh, and that lets somebody know that the the product has been independently tested, it does what it says, it says what it does, uh, and is safe and effective when used as directed. So that really helps people in choosing the right product for what they need to do.
3: So you know, we talk about like that laser whitening, and you can go to somebody for whitening. What about whitening strips?
4: Do they do anything for you? Sure, that that's part of the continuum. Uh, you know, if if you're somebody that you're, um, you're getting, you you know, you're young, you're getting married in a couple of weeks. um, And we want to just, or you're
3: old and you're getting married. Either way,
4: (laughs) but but we'll, we'll, we'll pick on the young person at this point and wanted to just brighten up their teeth a little bit before getting photographed a ton. Something like white strips, um, whitening toothpaste can be very effective. Uh, If, if you're a, a senior pipe smoker for many years, we may need to go to something more involved. Uh, and so that's where finding, you know, having the right examination done so that we get the treatment mated to your goals. And and that's really what your dentist can help you with. Yeah.
5: You know, sometimes I've seen the whitening strips on the gum tissue and a patient will come in and there'll be this very large, you know, uh, uh, irritation. And it's kind of like when patients take like Ambisol and they put it like all over their mouth because they're not sure really what tooth is like bothering them. But that causes, you know, other problems. So, like Matt said, you know, if the gum tissue is healthy, then you know, uh, no other count of product or or something that your dentist is recommending is okay. But it really shouldn't be on teeth that are already have tissues that are inflamed, and that's and that's why the patients get into certain problems then later on when they're taking it off, and now they have, you know, uh, inflammation and blood all over the place.
4: And sometimes, what patients are concerned about. That, that they say it's the color of their teeth. It's actually position or shape that can come into it. So we spend a lot of time talking to patients to find out exactly what it is that they like and don't like about their smile, because the right answer might be um, that we need to whiten the teeth, but also move them orthodontically. Uh, you know, it's a position issue. Or maybe uh, we've got uh congenitally narrow lateral incisors that we need to build those up and, and make them make the teeth have more harmony as a group, that type of thing.
2: Matt, you so, just said something about, you know, your teeth matching like your eyes. And I mm-hmm. guess it's like a genetic thing and, and talking about symmetry. So do we have a question, right? On on um, on facial symmetry and your- and We do.
3: So, so Sandeep Meena is writing in and saying, my teeth set is not symmetric and it caused my face to be asymmetric, can braces do anything to help in this case? And I know this can be relatively simple and it can be very complicated with oral maxillofacial surgery sure. and advancement. Yeah. So maybe we'll do a, a really rapid fire response to uh, Sandeep uh, Mina, Mina's question.
4: Yeah, I, I think the quick answer yeah. to that is, and, and I blend this into my whole thought of, you know, I've been practicing dentistry for a while now. Uh, And this is a great time to be a patient because there's almost nothing we can't fix. So visit with your dentist. They'll probably take impressions and photographs and they can work up what the possibilities are for you. But but there's you know, we can do just about anything these days, which makes it a great time to be a dentist because options are unlimited. And it's a great time to be a patient because any problem you have, we can probably solve for you.
2: That, that's great. Thank you, Matt. You know, we have a few things that we want to talk about before we're done. Um, one one question, though, for both of you, or maybe Maria Marie, can take this. Uh, Sririsha Reddy says, I have wisdom teeth impaction. Lower molars are showing vertical impaction, partially erupted, and upper molars are showing a little bit sideways. Do I need to consider wisdom teeth extraction? By the way, everything we've talked about, I've probably gone through. So anyway, Please, please go ahead. Well,
5: I think that first, you know, um, go and see a dentist and then the referral to the appropriate specialist would be an all surgeon so that advanced imaging can be taken so that we can see exactly what I'm sure if this patient has what she's describing, that there may be some um, actually chewing problems and mastication issues as well, if they're not really fitting you know, correctly. So, and speech as well, because teeth also you know, allow us to, um, to speak correctly. All of us know when we were missing front teeth, how we had a lot of extra air in our mouth. So if she's having some other issues there, they do correlate to the anterior section of the, of the mandible. So um, a good screening from a dentist for us, and then a referral to an oral maxillofacial surgeon would be what I would suggest personally.
3: Thank you, I, you know, we could talk for another hour. I think people are really sending in a lot of questions and we really appreciate your time and your expertise and your compassion in talking to us about this. Um, can you leave us with a takeaway or two each and I'll start with Matt.
4: Sure, um, I'd, the, the big thing I'd love to have everybody take away is the value of prevention. Um, it's a way to take control of your smile uh, and so if each day we simply focus on the healthy four, brush twice a day with uh, fluoride toothpaste, floss or clean between your teeth once a day, eat a healthy diet and see your dentist on a regular basis, um, that's a massive step forward to taking control of your life. And if the pandemic has taught us nothing, it's that anything we can do to take control of our own lives uh, is is incredibly valuable. Thank you. And Maria?
5: I have a, a three section that I would like to talk about. First, what we had said earlier about try not to end up in an ER. Local dental societies and state dental societies have valuable resources in order to make a connection for a local dentist, for a patient, to keep them out of the ER so that um, healthcare care workers can really, um, you know, spend their time on more serious illnesses. Two, visit your dentist even when you're not having pain. The old adage is uh, don't fix it till it's broken, really shouldn't apply to teeth. Some things that are just on the border, a dentist will see a subtle change and then can recommend something before it turns into a bigger problem. And third, which is what I think a lot of us have been concerned about even now, even uh, post vaccine era, is trust us to trust our PPE to give you a safe and effective uh, dental visit.
2: Thank you, guys. You know, I just want to pop up. Only we only have about a minute left, but um, you know, your dentists are, are are compassionate, wonderful allies. I want to pop up the thing that you guys do for Give Kids a Smile. So not only there's a you know are you taking care of patients, there's philanthropy. So we have a slide on that. This is something through the ADA, and um, it's a great way to highlight um, dentists and the community who are helping um, the underserved. So thank you so much yeah. for all of that. And I want to thank you both for joining us again, Maria Marenga, who's an endodontist in Long Island and Matt Messina, who is a clinical director at the OSUUA uh, dentist <laughs> program. And- We've got to find
4: a way to make that flow better.
2: <laughs> 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 well, who's going to call it? Osu- Osuka, whatever, yeah, yeah. it won't work. And thank you to our team, right? So Janelle, we have a great team that supports us.
3: Yes, I want to say happy anniversary to our team, which is uh, Marina, Shri, Julia, um, Rose, Vandana, Shristi, Keval, and the dulcet tones of Nicole Lewis, who introduces us every week. Thank you so much to our 96 guests our uh, for our 47 episodes and our over 111,000 viewers. Uh, thank you to ENT and Allergy for sponsoring us. Thank you for do- to WBAI 99.5 FM and WBAI.org for carrying us uh, on Mondays from 2 to 3 p.m. I will see you next week on Father's Day. Have a wonderful week. Happy anniversary, Marina.
2: Thank you. Happy
3: anniversary.
1: Bye, everyone. At T-Mobile, we believe in putting people first by treating them right. So we've upped the benefits without upping the price. With Magenta Max, you get our best plan for 5G with unlimited premium data that can't slow down based on how much smartphone data you use. Plus, you'll pay zero cost to switch and bring your phone. We'll pay it off up to 800 bucks. only at T-Mobile. Capable device required for 5G. Activate up to 4K or video streams at 480p. 40 gigs high-speed tethering. Up to $800 via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Support charges waived. See details at TMobile.com. We did it again.